0: She's Sean, Jay, Will, and Max—the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday
1: mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Hey, uh, Key, Jay, we got we got the whole nation blanketed today, covered. Key's in L.A., Jay's in Chicago. I'm in New York, holding you down. Uh, Jay, you got to be feeling like first of all, I know you didn't sleep very much last night. Not only. Zero. We're Jay, zero Max. With Jay's dukies in the in the sweet sixteen, but Jay has maybe a little issue um <laughs> putting his money where his mouth is when it comes to uh gambling, shall we say, on his team's I, I, I read success. the
2: disclaimers every day, Max. I just want you to know that.
1: Yeah. Those and long disclaimers, I recognize it. So yeah. as it went down, Jay, what what was it like, man? You saw your guys in a tough one, could have gone either way. Then down the stretch, your guy Roach comes through. What's that like for you as you see it go down? It could be Coach K's last game.
2: Well, I, I don't like when people put out negative energy about yeah, yeah. Coach K's last game. I'm like no, Evan did it yesterday. He said, I'm like, don't say that. That's not going to happen. Like don't try to don't try to ruin my positive feelings that we have into the universe right now about this. And. For me, just look, this team has grown up. They they don't win these two last games, guys, seven games ago. They're, they're a team that doesn't get to the second weekend seven games ago. Like, this is now a team that I'm starting to trust down the stretch with making the plays. And also, like, look, I'll tell you, like, versus North Carolina, that was a huge event. But seeing, like, the lack of adjustments that we didn't make during North Carolina, but then seeing those adjustments that we did make In the second half against Texas Tech, going to a zone, knowing that they shoot 30% from the three-point line, switching it back up to -to man-to-man later in the game, keeping them off their comfort level is what makes me believe that this team can actually win it. And that's the first time I've been saying, first time I've said that about this team the whole year. Never thought they could win it. I actually believe they can win it now.
3: You actually should believe in it because you know the guy who's running it. That's why you should believe in it because of the head coach. No matter what the situation Uh, is, He's been in this position before, Jay, and he knows Key. how to make those adjustments and do certain
2: things that gives his team the edge. Key, I'm a realist, man, and I always believe in Coach K, but some things he can't make happen. Like, there's some teams that we've had where, he, like, as much as he's a great coach, and he's, he's been the first one to always say this, I could be a great coach, but if I don't have players, if I don't have dudes, then, like, I, there's only so much you can do. But you know but they, they had dudes that to, just took a minute. Uh, key, yeah, keep in mind, it, it too, this
1: is a man that Jay Will almost fought once, you know? So, like, oh, I don't yeah, know. there's some still right. hard feelings with I you and Coach K, that. or is that no, over, no, Jay? It,
2: no, man. Like, I love my coach. I'll be the first one to tell you about that. I mean, look, and sometimes when you love, you fight. Like, that's what happens when and you love. Like, and that's what passionate. you were talking
1: about, Jay. You were saying there wasn't enough fight, really, in this team. But later on, like, you need a gritty kind of gritty guard playing the tournament. You needed to see more Dog and Paulo Boncaro, right? But then you told us about what? Your development as a point guard. Could you take us through that again real quick just because I think it applies to what's happening with this team?
2: So, Max, very quickly, look at Eric Sposter and Jimmy Butler the other night. It was a legit fight. That happens when you got passionate dudes. But as it relates to being a point guard for Jeremy Roach, I, I keep harping on this because it's so big. You spend so much of your, your rookie year, your freshman year, trying to understand what everybody needs to be. Max, equivalent to this is like you hosting. Like like when you start hosting, you're like, man, I, I got the rundown. I got the producer talking to me. I got to get Key in. I got to get Jay in. I have my point. Like how do you balance it all? Then you get to a certain point where you're like, Incredible oh, what
1: I do, yes, I got sir. it.
2: I got it. Like I it, it's easy. Like, It doesn't become robotic. It becomes rhythm-like. And that's what happened to Jeremy Roach. He's not thinking now. He's just reacting because he knows what he's responsible for. And I think that development is the reason why Duke is where they're at right now.
1: You even heard, what was it Boncaro when, when Coach K was like it was from instinct? So, like, when you have to think the game, then that slows you up, right? When it's muscle memory, you can just play. And that's what certainly Roach looks like he's doing that right now. But Boncaro, too. Guys, meantime... Um, Duke will not play Gonzaga. That was the big marquee matchup, right? But it will not happen because, once again, Gonzaga, favored, gets bounced from the tournament. Here is head coach Mark Few on his thoughts about what went wrong after their loss. Just tough to get any rhythm against. I don't think we never really got any sort of rhythm, either in the first or the uh uh, second half, and and um, to me that was the difference in the game. I felt like we had stretches where we guarded them pretty good. We just couldn't get any rhythm on our offensive end, which is rare uh, for us. Other than Arkansas, played well. Key, what went? What do you think went wrong? For, uh, sound like a Gonzaga? sound like a cut and paste from a couple interviews of a couple years ago. <laughs> mm. So what? So what went wrong? Okay, fine. They don't always win the national title, or ever win the national title. But what went oh, wrong?
3: God. I just think that they were outplayed and hustled by Arkansas. Arkansas came to play. When you it, Look, there is something to be said when you play in a Power Five conference in sports because you are challenged day in and night, weekend and week out, month to month. You are challenged. And I think in this situation, I don't think Gonzaga is ever really challenged. I think when you look at them, historically, yes, they win a lot of games. There's no question about it in the regular season. They win their conference. They always get the number one seed. The one, play the, the one plays the, the 16th. The two plays the 15th. They never are challenged by powerful teams. And when they run up against that, they tend to struggle.
1: I, I, I just strongly believe Jay, that. Jay, on the other hand, Gonzaga, so, well, okay, wait, let's talk. So, Jay, so is, is that a problem with Gonzaga or the committee?
2: It's not a problem with the committee. I mean, and, and, and look, he uh, to your point, like, th- this Gonzaga team, they, they played, I mean, they played Texas, uh, they played UCLA, but- they played Duke earlier in the season, they played Alabama, like, they played Texas Tech. Like, they, they, they really went out of their way non-conference. I think what happens, though, is when they play non-conference games against tough opponents, that's earlier in the season. I was about to and say that, Jay. To, yep. Then they go to the West Coast Conference. Like you, you get a whole bunch of games, or you're playing against teams that you just beat up on. So, yeah, I, I agree with your point, Key. You're not as battle tested consistently as you should be. And if
3: the problem, Max, when you ask Jay the question in Gonzaga or the committee, it's the committee because you keep putting them at the one seat. Mm-hmm. Like I don't put them put them somewhere else. I understand their record and stuff like that sh- gives them the the ability to be put there. But it's almost like Notre Dame in football with Brian Kelly. Like I don't want to see that. Yeah, You might not be doing
1: him a favor in the long run by no, putting him No, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to see that. I don't want to
3: keep seeing that. And every time I look up, they get getting bounced.
4: So, Key, you have an issue with them putting, giving the benefit of the doubt to a Gonzaga team that has never won a title. Like, like when Duke has a down year, but they're still the best team in the ACC like this year, they're still on the two line. Like if they had won the ACC tournament, there was a chance Duke got to the one line. That's benefit of the doubt the committee gives a team like Duke, like yes. Kansas. You don't think that the committee should continue to give the benefit of the doubt to a school like Gonzaga until they win a title? Is that what you're saying?
3: To they win a a title, yes, to they win a title because they're going to run through the conference every single year. And, yes, early on they're going to play a non-conference schedule that may have some tougher opponents, but in the middle to the end of the year, they're playing cupcakes. Can I just say – Tomato I, cans in Box and Max.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. And a lot of times when you think you want the easier road, it turns into the harder road because, as you said, you're not battle-tested, right? Like, I, I get it. I think that makes you, – what you're saying is rational to me. Man, you can look at them dudes from Arkansas. And yeah. you can see the grind and grit on yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. whole yeah. man, almost yeah. cursed. Yeah. But, okay, so, like, by the way, if if St. Peter's was a, a, a little bigger and more athletic, they'd be, you know, all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, right? Because they had to trial by fire. But, Key, what Mark Few has done there, he took it from nothing to suddenly they're in the tournament. Yay. There. Yay. Then, okay, Wait. Then, over time, they're starting to win in the tournament. Then, in the last – we did this – we talked about this earlier because, one, we didn't have a, a, a tournament a couple years ago. In the last four tournaments, they've been in the, in the final four twice. That is moving in the right direction. It's what you always preach about quarterbacks, what you want to see. They're moving that way.
3: But think about it, though, Max. When you are getting a high seed versus these low seeds – And then these low seeds clip somebody at a high seed and you match back up with a low seed, you're going to wind up being in the elite eight, the final four. It just it it happens. And Jake can speak to that because he knows how it's set up.
2: Yeah, but guys, I I, I, see I'm okay with them being a a number a number one seed. I mean, they they beat teams in their non-conference. And due to the style in which they play, like that was warranting of a number one seat in my opinion. I didn't think Duke deserved the number two seat. I thought that was more so Tennessee because of the strength of the conference of the SEC. I thought Duke was more in the three line. But, like, I, I can't not give them a number one seed if they do play teams from their non-conference that are quality opponents, that are ranked top ten in the country like Gonzaga did do. And I, I, I can't diminish or devalue their schedule just because they beat up on teams in the West Coast Conference. They're winning the games that are in front of them, that they're supposed to.
3: Okay, so when you going to stop and, 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 and not give
1: them the benefit of the doubt?
2: I'm, it's not my job. They keep losing, keep losing. You know, like, it's, it's not like they—it's not like they're being rewarded with the number one seed. They haven't won. Also, one and done. What have they man?
1: won? One and done is so, so why, tough. So why change it? Like I get—I get—they didn't get to the final four this year. But even if you get bounced in the Sweet Sixteen, man, that's something. Get to win a couple games. I hear well, see, about the seeding too, for sure. Well, but see, it, it's Max, something.
3: Every year, right? You get—and I ain't picking on you, Jay—but you get the NBA analysts, college basketball experts like Jay will. Gonzaga's turn, it's Gonzaga. You get the Seth Greenbergs, it's Gonzaga. You get the Jay Billis's, it's Gonzaga, 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 Gonzaga. And then we don't even get to talk about Gonzaga past yesterday. Put it this
1: way. Let's like, compare them to the Cowboys. Because the, in, same in thing, Mar- same Mar- thing. Right, but the Cowboys have less success in the playoffs. Like, it, like Gonzaga is <laughs> better than the Cowboys. <laughs> Not only do they have a high seed and they get some fanfare in the press, but then they actually win something. Once the tournament starts,
3: yeah, but again, they're being they're being put in position to win these games in the tournament because they get a higher seed and they're playing the uh, lower
1: seed. Okay, we're we're starting to retrace ground. I I cannot argue with that opinion because that's a fact. I just I don't think of Mark Few as but- as as an elite. Like Gonzaga, as elite, I think of them as a powerhouse, like I was a well, Knicks Max, fan in the nineties they weren't they were a powerhouse, but they never won a championship. You know what I mean It's one of those Max, deals if you're
2: make, if if you're making the argument that because they get a higher seat is why their win totals are more, but it, 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 it's it counterproductive because they don't win key. So if we're making an argument, oh, they get a higher seed, and then they've won because they have a higher seed. Like, okay, but they're no, not but people. Winning put, but
3: the thing is, they say they win in the tournament. That's the argument. They win in the tournament. Well, and my point to that, Jay, is yes, they win in the tournament because they're playing lower seed
1: teams that they're better than. Now we're all chasing our tails. We need to get a, a fresh voice in here, Monica McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst. Monica Key, highly critical of the kind of fanfare Gonzaga gets when they get bounced every year. And meanwhile, I think they're trending in the right direction. They used to be nothing. Then they were something. Now they usually advance in the tournament. Been to a couple Final Fours recently. Where are you on all this?
5: Wow. Good morning, gentlemen. And, Key, we need to document this moment in time in which we agree because what are we doing? Like, I still do not understand all the hype around Gonzaga. Their conference does them no favors, and sure, they get to a Final Four, but is that the goal? Like, them getting bounced by Arkansas this year and Baylor last year was the same thing. You run up on teams that play defense and are physical, and you say bye-bye. Like, I'm with Key. Like, y'all thought this was the year Gonzaga was going to break through? Cute. Not really. <laughs> thank you.
1: Brian Wendors. Yeah, thank you.
5: The smart
3: young lady from Georgetown, one of the greatest. <laughs> Georgetown basketball players in the history of Georgetown. Don't Monica don't. McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst, joining us
1: on J-Will, Key, and Max. Go ahead, Monica. <laughs> Monica, Brian Windhorse was on ESPN NBA, uh, our ESPN NBA insider yesterday, was on First Take talking about Kyrie Irving and the change in the vaccine mandate, performers, mm-hmm. which include professional athletes in New York, no longer are mandated to show their vaccination card in order to play. Here's how he thinks this affects the Nets' fortunes. They go from being a spoiler in the Eastern playoffs to potentially being uh, the the contender. And so this decision is as impactful as anything that's happened in the NBA this year. What do you think, Monica?
5: Um, I do agree, but I will say... Uh, particularly coming off the Memphis outing, in which we had both Kate, Kyrie, and KD. The next, the next, to me as of late, have shown their human humanity a little bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, like if you're going to have Kyrie consistently, but then I also wonder was part of the explosiveness and the razzle dazzle of Kyrie a byproduct of this funky rest calendar that he had the opportunity to enjoy, not by his own decisions. So um, I agree with Wendy. But I don't know, don't know if I'm ready to jump to make them as a favorite, which is honestly, for me, evolved in the last two weeks. Because at first, I was like, KD, let's go. Um, but I think I am just starting to wonder a little bit about the defensive constitution of those guys in a series. Not that they can't, but will they?
2: Monica, who are you picking to come out of the East then? Um, I think the East still goes through the Bucks.
5: And ooh, Jay. Today, <laughs> uh, I kind of feel like the Bucks still come out. think <laughs> it's close, man. If we get good nuts, like it's hard to to vote against those guys. But I'm still going to go with the Bucks for now.
1: Monica, I think about I think about last year's playoffs. I just haven't moved past it. Like the Bucks won the title. The Nets were wiping the floor with them with no Harden. And by the way, basically no Joe Harris, right? If they get Seth yeah. Curry back and he just shows up, that's better than what they had in Joe Harris last year. Meantime, they didn't have Harden anyway. KD and Kyrie been balling out of control. Why wouldn't it be the same thing against a team like the Bucks, who turned out to be the best team in the game? They were killing them, Monica. Even without Kyrie, KD came a half an inch away from sending them home, game seven. So why wouldn't KD and Kyrie be able to run it back, this time with a little more support and a guy like Seth maybe over Joe Harris and Claxton and these guys? Why not?
5: So I'm with you, Max, but I think the Bucks are better. Like, the Bucks are better. They're better than they were last year. I think they've learned a lot from that run, obviously. I mean, you go, two guys go on to win gold medals. Giannis continues to improve. I mean, we saw literally from that series to the finals when all of a sudden he's clutch at the free throw line. Like, I think we under-appreciate the growth of this team in real time. And maybe it's a small market thing. Maybe we're spoiled by Giannis's greatness and it becomes, oh, you know, yesterday's news in many ways. But I do think the Bucks have gotten better. Now, to your point, a toenail away, still away. And if it comes down to that this year, like, we're certainly in for a fantastic series between the two. But again, the identity of the Bucks on both sides of the ball, to me, is well-established. And there are still some question marks Not about talent, but sort of about mood when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. But flat out, you asking me KD, Kyrie versus Giannis and pick one of his big three, either Chris or Drew, like, I'm with you. It seems like it should be the Brooklyn Nets. And I think we'll be in for a fantastic series. But I just think in terms of consistency and continuity, which is one of the things that I know I personally was concerned with when Kyrie was allowed to be a part-time player initially the Bucks check all those boxes, and they're just going to keep their heads down and go about their business with no drama. So um, it's, it should be fantastic. Right now and tomorrow I might change my answer, but right now I'm still leaning Bucks, and a lot of that is uh, the Nets getting whooped in Memphis the other day, which I was disappointed to see. Monica,
3: let's head out west now. Uh, <clears throat> trust me, I hadn't been smoking cigarettes. It's just...
5: Little allergies going on. <laughs> you um, think I telling yourself, Key, you should have just kept talking, but go ahead.
3: Because my voice Damn, got up, caught. The Lakers, it, oh, the Lakers are the, hot. The Phoenix Suns, <laughs> they get Chris Paul back now. And they got the top seed in the NBA and clinching things. How far can they go now? Can they be a real – can they finally get it done? Can
5: they be real in this? I think they are. I think it's their year. And I have, you know, been on record taking the Suns out of the West. Um now, taking them out of the West and winning the whole thing, it's <laughs> starting to get a little tricky there. Um, I do think that they're going to come out of the West. I think the matchup in the finals is going to matter a tremendous amount, obviously. If it's the Bucks or the Nets, God, I'm, I'm hard-pressed. So, so, if it's the Bucks, I think they, they can figure out a way to get it done. If it's the Nets, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. But I think, again, Phoenix is another squad that you just cannot undersell their growth. Like, Yes, they have the best record. They're sitting at the number one seed, and we've all been enamored with the rise of the Memphis Grizzlies. But when you go down that Phoenix roster, it's not just Mikael Bridges, who you could argue should be Defensive Player of the Year. Like, you're talking about Cameron Johnson. You're talking about a campaign who's played valuable minutes. I mean, DeAndre Ayton continues to be consistent and stretch his game. I think the addition of Landry Shamet is... Um... Oh, no, where's Landry? Hold on, I'm getting all confused. Um, I just think that that is a group that has been there and done that. And so I got to, I have I've had them coming out the West since the beginning of the season.
1: Monica McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst. We've touched on the men's tournament. We've been on the NBA. The NCAA Women's Tournament resumes tonight. What are you most excited for in the Sweet 16, Monica? So, we
5: will be in studio with Al Duncan and Nikki Vargas and I uh I want to see if South Carolina can turn a corner in terms of their offense. They've been struggling percentage-wise in the tournament, but they are, to me, the favorite to win it all. Uh, we got a Maryland-Stanford matchup coming up, which I'm really excited about. Maryland played Stanford in one of the tournaments earlier this year on an island. Can't remember where they were, but I'm jealous. Uh, they only have seven players available and pretty much got spanked. Now they return their full core of players. They've improved. They figured some things out. Both of these teams like to score the basketball, so it should be high scoring, but what will Maryland's defensive constitution look like versus Stanford? Got, both teams have big guards, and I'm so partial to big guards. Kaylee Jones and Ashley Alusu from Maryland, Jones for Stanford. I can't wait to see them go to work. Um, and then we got South Dakota and Michigan, and South is sort of a surprise team. They knocked off the number two seed in Baylor. I'm wondering how Nas Hillman, the outstanding center for Michigan, responds to some of South Dakota's defensive schemes. Because they ran a bunch of doubles at Melissa Smith for Baylor, and, I mean, it works. They beat Baylor. And so I'm just I'm curious to see how the Wolverines respond and if those Cinderella ladies can keep on dancing.
1: Monica McNutt, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Monica. Always good to hear from you.
5: Hi, Monica. you? Thank you.
1: Meantime, hi, let me hi, tell Monica. you something. Jay, you're not the only Duke guard we're going to have on this show today. Mm. That's coming up
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part
2: of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all
1: been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight La Quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn J Will and Max ESPN radio Sirius XM channel lady you can call us at 888 say ESPN 888-729-3776 the question we've been asking all day does Mark Few need to win a national title Twitter feed at Key and Max you can hit us up right now we welcome to the show Quinn Cook, two-time NBA champion and a 2015 Duke national champion. CJ, you're not the only Duke champ guard on the show today. Hey, Quinn, welcome to the show. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Jay is uh, half alive today after last night. I'm here,
2: I'm fine, man. Get out of here, Max. I'm fine. After last
1: night's celebration. I don't have visuals on you right now, Jay, but I can only imagine what (laughs) last night was like. What was your reaction, Quinn, to to Duke winning, getting to the Sweet 16?
6: I was probably the same way Jay was um, last night. I was um, myself, DJ Stewart, um, another Duke guy. We were in the hotel watching, screaming at the TV, screaming at the refs. Um, It was fun. It was fun.
2: Q, I was trying to tell these guys, you and I standing next to each other, watching Duke lose to UNC, and I get it, it was an event. But I I think both you and I agreed. I was like, yo, we're not that good. I feel like I'm watching a completely different team the last couple of games. Do you feel the same way?
6: I feel the same. I feel the same. I mean, me and you talked every possession, and it was just, you know, you know how we are. We're very hard on, you know, our squad. And, uh, you know, obviously um, they had a nice, you know, two games in the ACC tournament. But, you know, I still didn't – didn't I didn't think that we would get this far, to be honest, just because of our region. Um, and, uh, you know, since the first game, I mean, they turned it on. And I, I think the, the play of Roach has completely changed our team. And, obviously, Coach putting him back in the starting lineup, you know, I think it it's, it's gave us a nice verb out there. And, uh, you know, it's a completely different team.
2: Are they national championship good, Q?
6: I think so. I'm not trying to be biased, but I think we had the most complete team. Um, you know, from top to bottom, I think our top six is better than any top six um, in the country. And then also, obviously, with Coach, um, I think he's the best coach, you know, in the world. And then also, you know, we're playing for something different. So, uh, you know, we got a tough Arkansas team tomorrow, but, you know, I-, I like our chances. I like Gonzaga went down. I think – uh, we, we match up better with Arkansas, and I think we got a good shot.
3: Do you feel like there's a, a, a crazy amount of pressure on these young men to, to try to close the deal out because it's Coach K's wear tour, so to speak?
6: Yeah, I mean, I know it's I know it's going to sound cliche. It's always pressure to play at Duke, but I mean, they know they know what's at stake. They know you know they don't want coaches. Um, last game to be a loss, and also, you know, they probably feel bad of, you know, they've been getting kicked in the dirt about losing Coach Case last home game in Carolina. Mm-hmm. They've been reminded that the last two weeks, you know, the alumni have been reminded of that the last two weeks. So I know we're 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 praying for a national championship, but those guys those those guys understand the pressure. They know you know what's at stake, and uh, I, I think they're I think they're you know just not even tripping about it. And, and, and you can tell, you know, being down four to Michigan State late last night, they could have folded, but they made some big plays. And, you know, I think they're relishing in it.
2: Former Duke guard, two-time NBA champion, 2015 NCAA champion. Damn, what a resume. Quinn Cook joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Shoot it, boy. Quinn, wow. Q, I, I got to ask you, one of these teams that you won a championship with may not make the playoffs this year. And the Los Angeles Lakers. When you watch the Lakers show, what do you see? What is wrong with them, Q? Um,
6: man, just you know, they haven't been healthy, man. I think AD not being there. I mean, I, you know, he's a guy that's you know probably still in his prime, and you know he hasn't really been there this season because on the unfortunate injuries. And I think LeBron's playing his his tail off, but no, I don't. I don't like their team. I don't really like the roster. I don't like the roster they have around them. And then, obviously, with, you know, Russ struggling a lot this season, just, you know, it's been tough. And LeBron has to take on a lot. lot. But, uh, I don't know, man. It's just funny, man. Obviously, being a Laker, man, the the spotlight's been on them all year. and The coaching staff, and, you know, it's another rumor every other day. Um, And they have a younger team. So, you know, you got guys like Reeves playing heavy minutes, and Monk playing heavy minutes. It's just tough. So, um... I still don't like. I don't. I don't want to see LeBron um, in a seven-game series. I don't know how they can get, you know, into the playing and then into the seven for eight spot. I don't even think they can get into the seven spot. But I still don't want to see LeBron in a seven-game series. I know you know Phoenix is the best team in basketball right now, but I still don't want to see. You know, if I was an opposing coach or a player, I still don't, wouldn't want to see LeBron in a seven-game series. So I don't know how I was going to shape up, but. LeBron still has that factor to me.
3: You got one with the Lakers. You got one with the Golden State Warriors. And now you mentioned Phoenix is the top team out West and possibly in the NBA. What about the Warriors, though? Can they put it all together in the playoffs, come back healthy, and get it done?
6: I think so. And I and, and for me, as a basketball fan, I love that they're going through something right now. You know, they haven't been the same Warriors team that we've been accustomed to um, earlier in the year. Um, they've been losing a little bit, obviously with Steph being out now. Um, guys are, are stepping up. Will have to step up. You see Jordan Poole going absolutely crazy. I think he kind of, you know, took a step back, obviously because Clay came back and they had to work Clay back in. But for Jordan Poole to respond the way he's responding, I think he's the X factor um, that they're going to need when Steph gets back. But uh, yeah, I mean they're right there. They're right there, and obviously they have that championship pedigree with Clay you know, Draymond Steph, you know, Andre back room. So, uh, man, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm interested to see, you know, how the matchups will play out, you know, the first round. But, you know, I, I think they'll be right there um, in the mix um, for the West, for sure.
1: Quinn Cook, two-time NBA champion, 2015 Duke national champion with Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio this morning. Meantime, it feels like we can get into the fact that the East – came up in the world, and the West isn't what it used to be, but I'm just, just even staying in the West. When you talk about the Lakers and the Warriors, two teams that you've played for, you're talking about teams who have to overcome some age now, right? The Lakers with injuries. The same thing with the Warriors, really, even though they're still functioning at a high level. And then you look at teams like Memphis, right? Good, young, deep, great player leading the way. Uh, Dallas caught, you know, got hotter as the season went on. Luka got in shape, the whole thing. Is this season sort of a a test to see if it's the changing of the guard yet, Quinn, in, in the Western Conference?
6: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, you've had your, you know, obviously wherever Bron is. I know he's been in the East, but since he's been West, besides that first year, he's been in the mix. Um, you know, Phoenix kind of established, you know, who they were with Chris Paul last year. Um, but like you said, like Memphis – um, I don't think, you know, anybody had them, you know, top two, top three team in the West this year. Um, I have taking that next step from them going in a playing game last year to be top of the West. It's been good to see, see that whole team develop. Um, Dallas, obviously, you know, I didn't know how they were going to be um, with that trade with Den Whitty and getting, you know, Porzingis um, out of town, but you know, they responded and they, you know, they, they, they've reeled together some nice, wins and, and some wins that you need, you know, game winners in Boston, game winners in Brooklyn, some playoff environments. Um, they've grown in the last month. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the Clippers still, you know, they're still feisty. You know, Denver, you know, they got MVP, Jokic. Um, I don't know the timetable with Jamal Murray and, and Porter, but the way they're playing right now, um, you know, they're tough. So it's definitely a, a kind of a change. You know, from you know, just the Warriors being a dominant team, and obviously you've had Kawhi and, and PG in L.A. Um, be, being a dominant team in Brown. But, you know, these young teams are stepping up with these young superstars. Um, hey. It's definitely fun to watch, and it's definitely fun to see everything
1: come together. Quinn Cook, ladies and gentlemen, a key with all the teams, especially like the Lakers that need you. Quinn, what are you doing in the in, in the G League, the NBA, the Lakers need you. What's key? What is going on? This man can shoot the lights out. I'm not the general manager. Are you a
3: clutch client? No, I'm not. <laughs> well, there go the problem right there. I mean, they need the shoot. It's amazing hey, hey, to me. Hey. Hey, Max, yeah. he ain't a clutch client. He it's can't just, play for the Lakers. It's just
1: amazing to me as a Giants fan when the line stinks, you know, the offensive line. I'm like, wait, there's no one on some practice squad who's at least competent. Come on. When your team can't shoot and Quinn Cook is in the G League, shut up, everybody. Man, like, Quinn,
3: Quinn exactly. Cook understand what exactly. I'm saying, though. Quinn Cook understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, That's it. why he's laughing. Uh, he uh, get
1: it. I understand <laughs> it, too, Key, But <laughs> Quinn, thanks for joining us this morning.
3: I appreciate right, it. Thanks for having me. Love the
1: show. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thanks, brother. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max,
0: the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: That's right. Put the pep right back in my step with this song. Keyshawn, J. Willamax ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Key, uh, Dan Orlovsky has an interesting tweet. I want to read it to you. Okay? You ready? Can you hear it? Yeah. All right, good. Here's Dan Orlovsky's tweet. It's about this upcoming draft class. I don't think people understand. How good the top three wide receivers in this class are. Drake London is care to guess who he uh, compared Drake London to? Drake he didn't say he's comparable to. He reminds me of. He said Drake London is Keyshawn Johnson.
3: What? Yeah, yeah that's that's a good comparison. Too bad that's not true. What's I mean, the, that's not. That's, what's that's the difference? The case.
1: He says uh, he says he sees double when he looks at you.
3: Yeah, first of all, Drake London is a lot bigger than me. Um, Drake London probably is about 6'5 and a 6'6". Six, six. Um, Ex-basketball player. His ability is not the same as mine. He's a uh, he's a better 50-50 ball high point guy because of his basketball skills. Um, I played inside, outside. I played every receiver position. He's, he doesn't have the sudden quickness nor the get up and go after the catch. He's very physical like I was and he should be a very high end pro but when you start comparing i mean i appreciate the comparison and stuff like that and i think he's going to be a hell of a pick for the jets but it ain't the same different different levels to this you know
1: better ball skills
3: not better ball skills better 50/50 50, 50 you no know, no i'm ball saying who skills. had
1: better ball skills come on man stop this well, i mean come he's on, still a very stop. young player you can't compare him it don't, to you at it your don't your best.
3: even it don't even matter i'm talking about in co- i'm only comparing college i ain't even comparing the pros because if I compare, if you try to compare Drake London and me and the pros, that's a lot, man. And I played with about 14 different quarterbacks. So imagine, imagine three Pro Bowls, Super Bowls, should have been the more, 14 different quarterbacks.
1: So it's a day. It's, he winds it's different. up with the Jets and he calls you and he's like, yo, Keith, I want number 19, man.
3: Oh, he can have it. I don't care. Yeah. I, don't I don't, that doesn't, I I'm not like Jay. I'm not selfish. <laughs> I'm going to let people wear the numbers. Yeah. Uh, what, what did he wear at SC? He wore 15 at USC. 15.
4: I think yeah. you got to explain, Key, why you just threw shade at Jay. Remember, Jay told on the show that Jason Tatum called him up. Jay wasn't ready to get rid of the number, but Jason Tatum wanted to wear 22 at Duke. And, and but didn't.
1: here's it. J But Jay's number is in the rafters. The point of that is supposed to be you're supposed to leave that alone after that.
3: No, right? no, we take numbers down. What you think? Three? You think three? What you think? Three is just anybody can wear three at USC? No, That's what I'm three. Saying. 3A USC was worn by me, Carson Palmer, Curtis Conway. We made it famous. Now it's in the Raptors. But at the same time, at the Raptors, We're at the same time, somebody can wear it if they want to.
1: G-Sean,
2: J-Will, and Max, the podcast.
1: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You voted on Twitter what we should talk about, okay? Now, the Drake-London comparison to Key was one topic. 13.5% said they want us to do that, right? Okay, Key? 226 mm-hmm. said NBA's most dangerous duo. Jay's airport nap, 29.9%. And then... Right before we were going to throw these topics up, Evan, our producer, was like, you know what, I'm going to throw World Cup qualifying in there. Just to do it, I ain't going to win, but I'll just, I'll just throw it in there. Guess what won? <coughs> 34% of the vote. World Cup qualifying. So, football is king one way or another.
4: Huge upset in World Cup qualifying, guys. Italy, uh, the defense, the reigning, I should say, European champions last summer. They won the Euros. It was you know delayed a year, beat England in the final they got knocked out by North Macedonia. So, this is two straight World Cups that Italy is not going to be in the World Cup. And in between, they won the European Championships. Crazy Key. that Italy is not going to be there.
1: Hey, Key, I understand each individual word that Evan just said. Like, I speak English, I get it. But when you put them all together, I'm not, I can't make heads or tails. Did you understand that? Yeah, they lost. Italy lost.
4: In the yeah. 95th minute. In the 95th minute. Yeah, in the 95th minute.
1: minute. Yeah. That's like at the last second.
4: Yep. Right.
3: You to, didn't uh, know that, Max?
1: I don't I is it it when you, is it pronounced with a soft C or a hard C? Is it Sakur, Sature, Saker? How what do how we oh, there you go? Got it. Uh and then and then stateside,
4: we gotta get to this. The US was in Mexico City. US has never won a World Cup qualifier in Mexico City at uh, the Azteca, it's called. Mm-hmm. They came away with a 0-0 draw. The U.S. in very good shape going into their next two, their last two qualifying games oh, that's good. to qualify for the World Cup in Qatar at the end of the year. That's
3: good. How many points do they have?
4: That's a great question. I don't have the, the, the as it's called, the table in front of me. Um, but They're in very good shape. They're in second place on the table. Canada's in first, U.S. in second, Mexico in third. I mean the fact and that the top in- three automatically qualify for the World Cup. The fourth goes and plays in a playoff against uh, somebody from Oceania from that region, most likely New Zealand.
3: I wonder if we can buy somebody and put them on our team. That would be great. You know how they buy they buy everybody over there. They switch in teams. They pay off their contracts. Bring that's them over there.
4: In, uh, Key that's in the the like the club game. This is yeah. I know. Maybe we should just a- you can't really buy national team because you got to be born or have. Residency and the, you know, uh, citizenship for the country.
1: Well, we can fake it. We do it for Max. <laughs> can we? Speaking of that, know, um, you know, can we that talk sh- about what that shade means? Like, what? I don't know. I, I don't even. I'm not. I'm not sure. There's a vague Max, insult there in there somewhere. No, it's not
3: an insult. Why do you? Vague why is, is it every time somewhere.
1: I say something, it's a shade I, on insult? I, oh, we know when you get because you <laughs> really? get that little look on, little mischievous look on your face. Everyone knows what that means. Um, can we talk about? American football now, please—is that possible, Evan? Just yes. give me something. I'm like I'm I'm, I'm drowning here. You got to throw me a lifeline. A, well, I'm, a I'm Tyree to Tyree Kill, find, just say I a say a for, say,
4: for the standings. I'm trying to find it. Say an here NFL name.
1: Just say an it, NFL
3: name. It, it, what, who who uh, the quarterback Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes? Who survives without their top receiver?
1: Quarterback. Oh, that feels so much better now. Now I'm on familiar territory. I got the, the. I feel the earth under my does, feet. Does again. Aaron Rodgers, oh, more, does Aaron Rodgers get back
3: to the NFC Championship oh. game without his top receiver? Oh, does more. More. Patrick Mahomes gets back to the AFC Championship game without his top receiver. Oh, now I've come out do of it. You Excellent.
4: Erling Haaland transfer. Oh, we're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: Did 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Marquez, how do you say his now name? Now that uh, Scantling. Yeah, all that. MVS. <laughs> better yet. Yes. Does he? Does he? boost up the receiving core for the Kansas City Chiefs he took basically they took Aaron Rodgers best target left in Green Bay is now in Kansas City oh How does now that now
1: now we're home again very good okay should key.
3: Should, should Aaron Rodgers go inside Julio Jones obj and Landry and draft two guys uh in college in this year's draft
1: yeah now 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 we're now we're talking now we're talking hey Valdez canley what's the real what's the real point of that key is that so that they don't have to draft for need Right, because they have picks. They could just draft a speed guy, but they signed a guy. Is that because he's a proven commodity? We know he can do it? Is Absolutely. That so- yeah. Okay.
3: Absolutely. A proven commodity. We know he could do it. Familiarity with the system. The systems are very similar. Like, one, you know, if one is 100, the other is 85. in it's very close. A vertical stretch game for him with the Green Bay Packers. He replaces Tyreek Hill in the vertical stretch game with Patrick Mahomes. The off-schedule plays won't be nearly as much as they were with Tyreek Hill, but it still gives them that deep threat that they had with Tyreek Hill. Um, so they they fill a void that they thought that they needed to when they lost Tyreek Hill, and they signed him. You think That was in their back
1: it? pocket the entire time. You though. think you can replace Tyreek with just a deep threat, or do they also need to add something at receiver in the draft?
3: Well, they did already add Juju Smith. Juju Smith will be the underneath guy. Yep. Nicole Hartman is there. Kelsey's there. Then you got that vertical guy, and then they'll probably go draft somebody as you well. Know, I
1: hear what, and you're they're s- probably not done. Valdez Scantling it does have special qualities as a deep. I mean, he's threat. averaging yeah. almost eighteen yards a catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 has special qualities as a deep threat. It's just that in the NFL, when you have one guy who can do multiple things at a high level, it's a little different. So like. You, like Juju Smith Schuster, here, nice receiver, he can do some things. Scantlin can certainly do some things that, that can replace some of what Tyreek Hill did. But to me it's like I look at that receiving core and I'm thinking, Who scares you? You know, the tight end scares you a little bit. Who else scares Man, you? Man,
3: all them dudes when they fast, they scare you, uh, Max.
1: Don't don't let nobody tell you and sit there and sell your bag of goods. Just let MVS run down the field, and then you let other guys operate.
3: Man, the last thing one of them DBs want to have that dude do is get on their get on their toes. When he step on their toes,
1: he's even. He's leaving. Hey, Dennis in Delaware wants to talk about Mark Few. You got one minute, Dennis? Uh yeah. I mean, Mark Few. It might be time for him to take a little break from Gonzaga. You know, he had the DWI arrest back in September, and uh, he just seems—he seemed a little out of it this year. I would like to see him take a step back. I know he built up the program, but uh, you know, I think that definitely had an effect on the team. I mean, he was—he was twice the legal limit driving recklessly. He only got three-game suspension. Um, it probably wasn't the first time he was drinking and driving. So that's just my opinion. Um,
3: well, but that's speculation if you had done up. it
1: in the past, but it's certainly <laughs> never a good idea to do that.
3: No, not at all. I don't mean to. I had a cough, but I'm just like, jeez, that had anything to do with the guy coaching in the Sweet 16?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm higher on Mark Few than a lot of people are. Like, he, he built that up into something. Jeez. And then in recent years, they've been making real credible title threats, like getting to the Final Four a couple times in the last four tournaments. Hey, Maybe, you know, look, Max. Yeah. Does threats scare you? I don't know, you that just told me happen. Valdez Scantling scares you. You well, just got done you. telling me. He's nope, the, he's the he's Marquez Valdez Scantling of the even. NCAA. Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.